Super Bowl 57 is in the books. We're asking you to fill in the blank. The Super Bowl was what? Oh, so simple, so open-ended. You can find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A-Law Radio. And we're also looking for your responses on Facebook. Some of them are making me laugh. I'll just, I'll be honest. We will get back to post-game reaction because it's not just coaches and quarterbacks who spoke following this game. Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but could you bet on the flavor of Gatorade that got dumped on Andy Reid? Do you think the majority of people guessed grape or icy whatever it was? It was it was purple. Purple seems to – I think purple won last year. I feel like orange is a popular bet. Yellow, purple, people don't Ew. think it. But no, yeah. no. Yellow Gatorade, lemon-lime Gatorade is – no. Yeah. I can't drink it simply for what it looks like. But I do like the purple. So purple was the winner. Uh, so, yeah, in addition to the game and the post – and the reaction from guys like Chris Jones of the Chiefs, as well as Kadarius Toney with his first Super Bowl win and a humongous punt return that was the longest in Super Bowl history. A little more with the Kelseys. We've also got to talk about the Trimmins. The pregame, the halftime, the commercials. What'd you think? Or I suppose you could continue sharing about your food. <laughs> I put a post up on both Twitter and Facebook uh, Sunday afternoon, early afternoon, and it was just essentially that the average American consumes 2,400 calories around the Super Bowl. So Super Bowl parties or just like for me, I didn't go to a party. I just made my own menu. I always try to have uh, some kind of a special menu for the Super Bowl so I can get into the party spirit even though I'm partying with my dog who's snoring the whole time, <laughs> like the whole time, like the whole time. She woke up at halftime just so I could take her outside. That was pretty much it. But if it's your food or it's the commercials or it's halftime, whatever it is, there are a lot of other reasons besides football that Americans tune into the Super Bowl. I wowed my fourth and fifth graders with this Stat that nearly a third of Americans watch the Super Bowl in some form or another. We don't agree on anything in this country, but we agree on the Super Bowl. A third, a third of our population, if we're talking about 100 million people, which is roughly what we get in a competitive Super Bowl. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. For the first time ever, I took notes on commercials. I also took notes on the pregame festivities. It was really neat to see Donna Kelsey on the field. She and Aaron Andrews did a, a brief exchange before the game, but she was decked out. She had a jersey that was Chiefs in the front, Eagles in the back. She had earrings that were similar in terms of their shape, but one, I think her left ear was Chiefs, her right ear was Eagles. She had a denim jacket that was half Chiefs, Half Eagles. Her kicks were the best, though. Her shoes were amazing. Really cool high-top shoes. One with Chiefs colors. One with Eagles colors. And I believe the one with the Chiefs colors also had Travis plus his number. And then same thing for Jason on her other foot. It was pretty cool. She was sitting with Roger Goodell during the game, though I can imagine not the whole game. And DeMar Hamlin was on her other side. 
And that's where I go next in the pregame. Once again, the medical teams in Cincinnati, in Buffalo, from both the field there, when DeMar Hamlin collapsed and needed to be resuscitated twice, as well as the doctors who saved his life at the UC Medical Center, and then the doctors who cared for him when he first returned to Western New York. They're all out there. You can imagine, and you could see their joy, the thrill of their profession being recognized, but also this opportunity to have an all-expenses-paid trip to the Super Bowl, and they're introduced as a group before the game. And then DeMar cuts right through the middle of them. And while we had seen them on the stage at the NFL Honors on Thursday, and I assume there were some greetings, that's very choreographed and not as much time. As they're doing the introductions, and it's it's over the stadium public address system, DeMar cuts in the middle of them, and they pretty much swarm him. So many hugs, so many smiles, so many pats on the back, so many bro hugs and handshakes. DeMar also did an interview with Michael Strahan on Fox before the game, and producer Jay is just told me in my ear that it's good, so we'll have some cuts for you before the show is done. Right after... The medical, uh, the medical teams, the doctors, the first responders, the EMTs get their moment. Then they move to the Walter Payton Award. And so all of the nominees, one from each of the teams, is out there on a platform with the children of Walter Payton. Kind of neat to see them again. And the award itself, Andrew Whitworth, the retired offensive lineman, then handed the trophy to Dak. and. The Eagles fans in the stadium booed. (laughs) It was pretty funny. I mean, I don't know if you believe the same as me. I suppose it's up for interpretation. There were 72,000 people there at State Farm Stadium, and it seemed like a slight majority were Eagles fans. I mean, the the Chiefs fans were loud, and there were plenty of Chiefs fans, but it, it felt like there was maybe a simple majority that were Eagles fans, and they were clearly in their seats when the Walter Payton Award was being handed to Dak Prescott because they were giving him a piece of their minds. It's bad enough for the Cowboys that they're not in the Super Bowl, but then the Eagles are there, which adds insult to the injury. But Dak smiled and waved, and he was his his normal laid-back self. Whoever it is, line them up. (laughs) we move forward to the music and so after the Walter Payton award Cheryl Lee Ralph who had been part of the NFL honor she sang then we had Babyface with America the Beautiful that was beautiful and finally the national anthem now producer Jay had asked me before the game are you going over, under? What did you tell me? It was 203, 205? 204 was the, was the number. Of course. Yeah. Of course it was right in between. 204 was the line for the length of the national anthem. And Jay says to me, are you going over, under, without telling me the the time? <laughs> to be fair, he, what did you call yourself? Disoriented? A little disoriented. A little yeah. disoriented. So when I told him I was going under, he said, no, everybody goes over. They always go over. I was like, well, okay, I'm going under. It's not like I'm betting money here. 
Uh, Chris Stapleton started out very slowly and clearly was going to blow right by the over. So his national anthem was amazing. He had a guitar out there. Uh, just it, it was classic. I thought it was very good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but what really caught my attention, what probably captured your attention too, is Nick Sirianni with tears streaming down his face as he's listening to the national anthem. And maybe you caught the story. I think Kevin Burkhart. Oh, actually, it was Tom Rinaldi who told the story. So Rinaldi was working the Eagles sidelines, and he said that Nick Sirianni, as he's become a a head coach to motivate him. He's listened in his office before games to Whitney Houston's version of the national anthem from Super Bowl 25. Now I've told you a bazillion times that is the best national anthem in Super Bowl history. It will never be topped. There's a 30 for 30 on Whitney's national anthem. Super Bowl 25. It was Bill's Giants, right? Scott Norwood. Was that Scott Norwood? Wide right. I may be mixing him up. Anyway, he listens to Whitney Houston's version of the national anthem. And I do many times during the year. I have it uh, on my iPod and I listen to it a bunch. Sometimes I hit repeat and I'll listen to it four or five times. I've got every one of her notes and inflections memorized. It was brilliant. So Sirianni uses that and listens to it and gets motivated and envisions himself coaching in the Super Bowl with the national anthem being sung on the field in front of him. And wouldn't you know, as it comes true, year two of him coaching in Philadelphia, he's got the tears streaming down his cheeks. Talk about that moment when you realize your dreams. And I know the Eagles didn't win, But he got there. His team got there. I loved that moment, that emotion from Nick Sirianni. And then the all-female flyover by the Navy pilots. That was really cool as well. Did you guys love the moment? I I hope you saw this. Around the coin toss. Now, they gave this really cool introduction to the honorary captains. They were all Pat Tillman Foundation Award winners. Very accomplished group of award winners who are making an impact in their communities and maybe even globally. Just a really impressive set of award winners. And so they have the honorary captains, one of whom is selected to to flip the coin. So the referee, Carl Sheffers, brings her out to center field, center field, out to the midfield where you've got the captains for each team. Both Kelsey's are out there. And then they do this throwback photo to the very first Super Bowl. It wasn't even called the Super Bowl then. It was the NFL championship between the NFL and the AFL. Right, so we're talking way back to 1970, right? And they show the photo of the coin flip. It's four people. Four people in the middle of the field. Two officials. And one captain from each team. And then they do the sky cam shot of what the coin flip looked like on Sunday night. <laughs> it looks like a mob scene at the mall. I mean, there's there's got to be 50 media people out there. Not to mention the honorary captains, a host of other captains, 
the officials, the stage managers, if you will, who are managing all these people who are out there on the field. (laughs) It was pretty cool. And then they go into the game with one more commercial in pregame, which I noted. Now, this is part of my pregame notes because it was an NFL promo, but it was kind of funny. I I love cats, and I also, well, I love the piano, but the cat was banging away on a keyboard, and it was an ad for YouTube taking over the NFL Sunday ticket. I bet a lot of people were were grabbing their final snacks or beer right before, or beverages, right before the game kicked off, but that was actually pretty funny. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So Jay says he found Nick Sirianni talking about crying during the National Anthem. I've dreamed about this, you know, since I've been two years old. I've said to our guys, some of you guys have been dreaming about this since you've been two. Some of you have been since you've been in peewee football. Some of you since high school, um, college, or even when you got to the pro. But we've all been dreaming of it. And, you know, growing up in a family of a football coach you know, with a dad that's a football coach, brothers that are older brothers that played football, you know, this is what you, you dream of, of being in this moment. Yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. First team to win the NFC, go 16-3. and There was history on both sides of the ball for the Eagles' offense and the defense. And they'll be back. This is a team that's built to win moving forward. You don't keep everybody. But we know that Nick Sirianni took over a team that was kind of in rebuild mode. And while he may lose his offensive coordinator, who, by the way, is reportedly the top choice for the Colts head coaching job. They've got the foundation and the the building blocks in place, not to mention Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie. These guys are committed to winning. So their second Super Bowl appearance in five years. And with their young quarterback, some of their other stars, you can imagine that they will use this as motivation and that the NFC beast And the NFC as a whole will have to deal with the Eagles moving forward. Couple of quick thoughts on the commercials. I I know it was goofy, but I really liked the Ben Affleck working at the Dunkin' Donuts drive-in or drive-through. And then it dawned on me that the reaction from... It was clearly filmed in an actual Dunkin' Donuts, if, if you know anything about Dunkin'. But it dawned on me that the reaction of those customers who were driving through the line seemed very authentic. And I thought, oh my gosh, did they film that and not tell people coming through the drive through line that Ben Affleck would be working the window? Because there were a few people who were like, oh my gosh, when they got up to the window. And then he's taking selfies and all kinds of stuff. And he's shouting out orders. And, I mean, it seemed very authentic. Either that or those Dunkin' Donuts customers were incredible actors. Kind of like Steve Martin, Ben Stiller, who told you over and over what great actors they were in those commercials for it was Pepsi, right? Pepsi Zero, I think we saw. Steve Martin's funny, though. I love Steve Martin. I would watch him read a phone book. So then J-Lo drives up. Is this what you do all day when you say you're going to work? (laughs) And he goes, you're embarrassing me in front of my friends. (laughs) Imagine if that part was unscripted. If just oh, I can imagine me. those two. I mean, they're both very accomplished actors. They certainly could riff. Not to mention they're married. And and so I can imagine that they have these kind of fun conversations anyway. So I liked that one. I really like Bradley Cooper and his mom. What 
do you think they wanted his hair to look like that? His mom was right. He looked like he just rolled out of bed. Oh, like producer Jay does in some of our videos. Anyway, Bradley Cooper wearing a a bright pink shirt and his mom. And they're kind of going through what I presume were outtakes for T-Mobile. I thought that was really cute. He kind of looks like a like a European soccer player with that hair a little bit. Like he needs like a braid and or one of those um, what are, not a braid. What are those called? You know, they you put them like a headband, but they wear the really thin ones. No, I don't know. Eh. Sorry, I'm not that cool. Uh, but I did think it was good. His mom gave him the what for? He, she's like trying to give him acting tips, and he says, I, "I I mean, I've got this, mom. I think I've got this. I've been nominated for the Oscars ten times." And she responds with, "But you haven't won anything." <laughs> So I liked Brad and his mom, and and Bradley Cooper was at the game, too. In fact, he was in the owner's box with Jeffrey Lurie and with Howie Roseman, the Eagles' owner's box. I really liked the babies at the wedding for E-Trade. We we had a version of that last year. It wasn't a wedding, but this was really funny with them sipping on milk through a straw and uh, their, their quips back and forth. So I liked that one. And last year, I forgot what the commercial was for. This year, I made sure I wrote down that it was E-Trade. Uh, also liked the animals doing the electric slide. Now, I don't have an EV. I don't plan on getting an EV. I'm perfectly happy with my gasoline-powered vehicle. Uh, yay, Princess Leia. But I did love the animals doing the electric slide just because I'm such a shill for animals. So I thought that was great. And, oh, my gosh, I cried during the dog food commercial with the chocolate lab. Oh, my gosh. It's a puppy. And then it's the later stages in life. And it's this girl who grows up with her chocolate lab. And then she gets married and she has a baby and she's pregnant again. And the dog. Oh, my gosh. I cried because, of course, Penny now has a few little gray whiskers of her own. So I loved that one. Those are a few of the commercials that I liked. As I say, Steve Martin is hysterical. I the the commercial for Pepsi was okay whatever it was about acting and whether or not you know if it's acting or it's real uh, but I do love seeing Steve Martin again oh love the commercial the promo for Indiana Jones hello Harrison Ford that was fantastic too uh, Jay what about you what stood out to you I really liked the Boston one with the brighter Boston. The Laga? Adams. Yeah, when yeah. Kevin Garnett's in like a turtleneck and reading the <laughs> Don't Talk Trash Fred Peach or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was really clever. And um, I really liked the Will Ferrell one, the Netflix one where he's just kind of walking around and he's in all those shows and they're all like, yes. get out of here. And they're ruining <laughs> this show. And I, don't know, I thought that one was really – Will Ferrell always makes me laugh, so that was funny. Yeah, there were some good ones. So if you want to let us know which ads – you th- actually, I thought you were going to say, oh, well, are you including the Stranger Things? Because you're a huge Stranger yeah, Things fan. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because that was part of it. Uh, we had a lot of like actors and actresses, and I kept thinking, holy crap, you not only pay for the time on Fox, but then you pay for these actors to be part of it. So we saw some really big names. Like, for instance, uh, Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. There was a Breaking mm-hmm. Bad commercial. And then Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone, right, from Clueless? She, yeah. yeah, she, she made her, her jump to fame was in Clueless. Um, and so we saw that too. And John Travolta yes. was there yes. as well. So you're talking about some really big names. Serena Williams. It seemed that. like she yeah. was in every ad in the first half. And I didn't even know what they were for until the very end. Right. One of them was for a particular spirit. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of high profile and very visible actors or other athletes so i will i will have to bring up one more commercial which did it kind of i don't know if you remember this one tubi 
the one where you thought your TV broke for a second, like everyone, it it, it clicked in, it did that home button, like kind of like you were on a smart TV and it went back to your homepage and then it goes Tubi and then it was a commercial you realized, but at first it made it look I like. I saw a Tubi commercial, <laughs> but that one I don't remember. Maybe so. Toward the end of the game, I started fast forwarding through commercials or skipping commercials because I was doing my notes and I I didn't want to fall behind in the game. Um, and so I didn't. I don't think I saw that one. It was I think towards more towards the end that one. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So I missed that one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I. Oh, oh my gosh. Didn't we talk about Doritos commercials on our Ask Amy Anything from last weekend? And wouldn't you know, there was a classic Jack Harlow Doritos Triangle commercial, which was great, uh, where essentially he sets he sets the the new, I guess the new trend with triangles. And he goes from... <laughs> He goes, I thought it was funny uh, that he he goes from whatever other performance he used to do to triangles and everything all of a sudden is triangles, including Elton John. Uh, So, yeah, just some really high profile names and faces uh, that you recognize. So I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, The ones that I watched and primarily I watched the first two and a half quarters and I certainly watched halftime. And then after that, I I was more focused on my notes and just kind of getting through the game and being on time. But I'd love to know what you thought about halftime. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. A law radio seemed like Rihanna got a lot of great reviews. She (laughs) may have been the, uh, well, I'm pretty sure she was first ever Super Bowl halftime show to feature a pregnancy reveal. Oh my gosh, the number of people who actually thought that she was just overweight was. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> it looks differently when you're pregnant. No, I know she did just have uh, her son, her first son, nine months ago. And so she or she is pregnant again. Uh, Amazing. Just amazing that she was out there singing the way that she did. Uh, No doubt her future son or daughter uh, will see this show and know that he or she was part of it. So welcome back to Rihanna. Again, on Twitter or on Facebook. We're working our way through our Super Bowl post-game show, After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. He's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Give Rihanna credit. She is clearly very pregnant with her second child. Uh, She just had a son nine months ago with rapper ASAP. What's this? ASAP Rocky, sorry. Uh, And now she's pregnant again, so she's been doing work. 
getting ready to return on a global stage like this one. We hadn't seen her in quite a while. And boy, did she look badass when they first focused on her face. And she's got her chin down and two long strands of hair framing her face and the eyes that she is giving us. And she went through a montage of her 10 hits. Uh, obviously, understated with the dancing though her dancers clearly took care of that portion of the event uh, and i was really impressed that she was so high up as she's doing diamonds in the sky she's on a platform that is hanging from the roof of state farm stadium and doesn't miss a beat doesn't seem to bother her uh really really a stark like contrast at the end where the the dancers are all on the field and down on the lower platforms and she is up there all by herself looking like the emperor's guard in her all red. Yeah, she was fierce and clearly uh, pregnancy reveal. She did confirm it after halftime. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. I thought of a couple other commercials that I forgot to write down that I like, so we'll get to those, but also put up a post on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Let me know what your favorite commercials were. And Elijah is listening in Appleton, Wisconsin. What do you think, Elijah? Um, I, well, I like the Dave Grohl one where he was with a Canadian Royal or something, I think is what it was. Isn't it funny where we recognize the actors and the famous people, but then we forget what the commercial was all about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how many people were Googling what if the facts were actually true. Yeah, well, that's how I felt about Adam Drivers. Uh, was What did I say? It was Squarespace? I had no idea what Squarespace was. I just knew it was Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of people, that's kind of the idea, right? Is people are supposed to search for whatever the company is, whatever uh, brand is is being promoted if they have never heard of it. And that way, the, the company who's paid millions of dollars for these ads ends up getting a little more traffic. Mm-hmm. I find that kind of funny, though, about the football one that American football is creating came out. Is part of the what? No way. <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones. I did. I did think there were some humorous ones, but gosh, you sure hope so because there are a lot of writers who are uh, trying to trying to find their niche with all the money being spent on these ads. Uh, Elijah, did you enjoy the game? Yes, I did. Very entertaining. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers is now heading into his darkness retreat in the next few hours? No. What is that for? I haven't heard that. Oh, it's so that he can clear his head and his mind and he can make a decision about what he wants to do next season. Four days of darkness. I'm sure. You think so? Yeah, quite the people here are sick of him too. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think that's exclusive to Green Bay, I got to tell you, or Jew Appleton. So, all right, sir. Good to talk to you. Thanks so much for listening. No problem. Let's quick talk to Paul, who's in Charlotte. Paul, welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. What'd you think? Hey, Amy, thanks so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, two com- well, I thought the game was fantastic. I, I thought that was one of the best Super Bowls ever. And, um, you know, Andy Reid and the clock management down the end was, was just was just brilliant. I thought it was Yeah, just nobody can rip on him for that anymore, can they? Nope, not whatsoever. <laughs> and I thought Rihanna was great. Um, I thought that the uh, halftime was well-produced, very classy. Um, not all of them always have been, and I thought it was wonderful. But Good. two commercials I just wanted to mention real quick. I was just going to mention the Dave Grohl one because I thought that was fantastic, and it was for Crown Royal Whiskey. Crown Royal, um, okay. Um, but uh, so I'm about 60 years old, and I'm a big rock fan, and I've, I've loved Kiss since they came <gasps> out when I was a little boy. Yes. 
And when I yes. when I saw Paul Stanley and Ozzy Osbourne, I almost started crying. Oh, I mean, no. I thought <laughs> I don't think that's thought, what they were I, going for. <laughs> no, but I thought that I, I just you know it brought back so many memories. I, I mean, I was I was seen Kiss probably thirty times in my life. Whoa! And I I thought that was fantastic. And then the other one was wait when really quick, couple, really quickly, just so people know what you're talking about. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne is the headliner in this ad where he's. He and uh, and others are yelling at office workers for calling each other rock stars. It was it really funny. Stop calling each other rock stars. Yeah, it was so yeah. funny. And then and it happens all the time, right? Where you see guys in their cubicles or women behind desks, or you get the daps, and then you're a rock star. And it's something to do with an office. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. So good. Yeah, I thought it was great. And the, the and the other one that struck me too was the one with the young couple uh, for Budweiser. Uh, when they were on hold with a customer service number and they were dancing around, I thought that one was brilliant. I'm so glad really you brought that, that one up. Do you know who that was? Who the man was? Uh, no. So that guy was one of the pilots in Top Gun Maverick. His name is Miles Teller. He's the actor. But he had facial hair. And you're right. You uh, you didn't – it was hard, not hard to recognize him, but it's not like it was the same face that we saw in Top Gun Maverick. But it's actually he and his wife <laughs> – it's a real oh, wow. life couple, yeah. So you're right that when they were on hold, and the dog is there, right? Too was a was it a pug? I think they had a pug. Uh, and so she's on hold, and it's been an hour, and they start drinking Bud Light, and then they're drunk by the time the the uh, c- customer service rep comes back on, and they're dancing to the music. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> your your wait time is 96 minutes. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, that was anyways, really good, that, too. That, that, that's what I wanted to mention. Enjoy the show. If not sooner, I will call you after the Coke 600, and I'll give you a full on-location race report. Oh, thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. All right, good to talk to you. Glad you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, what they called Ozzy Osbourne in the, the the commercial was called Workday. What they called him was Oswald Osbourne. <laughs> and he's like, stop calling your employees rock stars. Uh, yeah, and also the Bud Light commercial. It's funny because I just mentioned that to producer Jay during the break. Like, that's another one that I loved in the second half. But I didn't realize it was his actual wife until I went back to research it. So, yeah, it's Miles Teller and his wife, Keely. And they make they make the most of their time on hold. So that was really funny. And the dog, too, was was cute. I think it was a pug, if I remember correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, those were also two ads that I really enjoyed. So love to hear from you. What did you love? What did you hate? Uh, I guess there's a lot of real estate in between there. Uh, But we had a tie game, 35-35, with five minutes to go in Super Bowl 57. You can't ask for much more than that. We'll get some more of the post-game reaction, and we can take more of your calls, 855-212-4227. On Twitter, Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Super Bowl 57 was what? You can fill in the blank. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs. Third and eight. 154 to go. In regulation. 35-35. McKinnon. To the right, Mahomes in the gun, three receivers right, one left, Mahomes takes the snap, he's back, he is firing, and it is incomplete, but there's a penalty flag thrown, the pass was intended 
for Smith-Schuster on the far side of the field, but the flag came, and I think it's going to be defensive holding against the Eagles. You are right. It's a double move on the outside. Smith-Schuster. Fire to the pass. Holding. Number 24. Yep. Defense. Five-yard penalty. Automatic. First down. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game, um, and it was it was a hold, so they called it. Oh, yes, 100%. Um, my routes to strike in, strike back out. I mean, Bradbury's a good player, but, you know, I feel like at some day, it's going to be, a call's going to be called. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You've got the Eagles call of that moment just inside the two-minute warning. James Bradbury on a third down play, third and eight at the 15-yard line. They're already in field goal range, but the difference, the the part that hurts so badly with the Eagles is that he gets flagged for the holding with a, about 90, well, not quite 90 seconds to go. By the time they would kick the field goal, they could have run a little more time off the clock. The Eagles likely get the ball back with about 90 seconds left and would have had an opportunity. So it was a bit of a anticlimactic finish, but never again let it be said that Andy Reid doesn't manage the clock well in the late stages of a close game. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Meryl Reese with the call on Eagles Radio. Then you hear the voice of Carl Sheffers, the head referee uh it was clearly a hold Bradbury you heard him say it was definitely a hold I was hoping the official would would let it go then Juju Smith Schuster whose jersey was grabbed also indicates that it's a hold there's no disputing that it was a hold and I think the majority of you are telling me it shouldn't be called in that moment and I'll say it one more time because you know I do not focus on calls how about if you don't want it to come down to the final stages don't let your opponent score on every possession in the second half how about don't fumble and let your opponent return a ball 36 yards for a touchdown. The game never comes down to one play. But in that particular moment, if what you want the do want the officials to do is swallow their whistles, you're asking them to take into account that it's the fourth quarter, to take into account that it's a tie game. No, officials are not supposed to do that. Officials are supposed to call that play in a vacuum. They are not supposed to be paying attention to time or score. They're not supposed to be making their calls based on what juncture they are in the game or who's ahead or who's got the ball or what color uniform the flag goes against. You're asking them to be biased if you're telling them they cannot make the call in that situation. Of course they can If it's a hold in the first quarter, it's a hold in the fourth quarter. And Bradbury held Juju Smith-Schuster when the two of them are essentially isolated on an island on the left side. It was something even Patrick Mahomes saw from behind the line of scrimmage. He was pointing even before the flag was thrown. These things even out. I get it. Late stages of the game, you'd rather see the Eagles get the ball back. So would I. But the, the Chiefs did exactly what the Eagles would have done in that same situation. It was a hold. You may think the officials should swallow their whistles there, but that's asking them to put aside their integrity and not call the game the same way late that they would call it early. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Nick Sirianni and Jason Kelsey, among others, weighing in about that particular call as the Chiefs are attempting to force a field goal with 90 seconds to go. Ultimately, the Chiefs, the Eagles, sorry, are attempting to force the field goal. Chiefs end up getting the first down. It's not my job to, uh, you know, I mean, you'll see me on the sideline. I'm going to argue with different things of, of, of calls here and there, but it's not my job to make the call. You know, those guys got to do that in, in split second, um, you know, scenarios. Um, and so, you know, that's what he saw and he, and he called it. And so that's never, it, I, I know it always appears to be that, you know, it's one call that makes the, it's not, it's not what it is, right? It, it's not what it is. There's, there, there's so many plays that contribute to the, the end result of the game. And in, and today they were better than we were. They called it and that's the way this, this goes. Um, I've said this before. I'm never going to be somebody that puts a blame or anything on officials. It's a hard job. They make a call. It is what it is. And, um, you know, there were multiple other moments in that game to take care of business. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we were, we were close. And we could have won that game without the officials making that, without that call being a determining factor. So Jason Kelsey and Nick Sirianni speaking about the call afterwards. Of course, it's emotional. As I say, I would prefer that the Eagles got the ball back too because I wanted to see what they could do. But you can't assume the Eagles would have kicked a field goal. You can't assume the Eagles would have gone downfield. I mean, that's just not how sports work. And to be fair, they missed a handful of jersey earlier in the game. Uh, a similar situation where a chief had a, hand, a, a chief had his jersey grabbed, and the Eagles got away with it. These things tend to even out. It was a it was a moment in which James Bradbury had a bunch of eyeballs trained on him, and there wasn't a lot of interference. There wasn't a lot of traffic, and it was very clearly very clearly a hold. Whether or not you believe it should have been called. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So Jalen Hurts already attempting to take motivation and lessons from this loss in the Super Bowl. Obviously, we had a a big-time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish, and we came up short. You know, I think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains. Everyone experiences different Um agonies of life but you decide if you want to learn from it you decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment and I I know what I'll do I'm always so impressed by his maturity and Patrick Mahomes raved about Jalen the way that he has improved his game his leadership his poise but also his ability to incorporate everyone into the offensive game plan Uh, those are some of the ways that Jalen has grown as a starting quarterback in this league and now an MVP finalist but I got to tell you in that first half after he fumbled the football essentially dropped the football and Nick Bolton picked it up and raced the other way for the tying touchdown you could tell he was a man on a mission on the next drive he was not gonna pass the ball around he was out to make up for his mistake 
He had a couple of long rushing attempts, both for first downs, including one that went for 28 yards and then scampers into the end zone untouched on what was his second rushing touchdown. So he sets a record for quarterbacks, three rushing touchdowns in the game, four of them overall. If you include the, was it the Devontae Smith bomb? No, the A.J. Brown bomb uh, in, in the first half. So the offense was on fire early and had a 10-point lead at the break, uh, but in the second half, unable to get a whole lot going. And that's what always impresses me about the defense for the Chiefs is that they're able to come up with big plays, uh, even if you don't think they're as good as the offense. Uh, so we'll hear from Chris Jones on the defense uh, next hour, as well as more from uh, the Chiefs, who win their second Super Bowl in four years, both times coming back from a 10-point deficit. Uh, and as for the Eagles, second season with Nick Sirianni as their head coach, they've got all of the building blocks, the foundation in place. So love to hear from you. We're asking you to fill in the blank. Super Bowl 57 was what? You can find us on Twitter after our CBS. Charles says, perfect. Exactly what I hope for in a Super Bowl. Close game all the way to the last minute. Another one, spectacular. I like that. What did you think? It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio.